Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. The same day I was just mentioning, I think it was Monday, I um, we were doing a couple things at the house, so I, you know, occasionally, it's been happening a lot recently, you know, it's funny how there's just different seasons of times that um, his spirit is active in different ways. We want to be sure and not be nervous when he expands our experience of him. And... Um, I went to my room and I, I just began to really cry out um, because I could feel, I've been feeling this, um, it's just, it's just a, um, an indescribable way that he um, begins to alert me of, of things. It's really hard to, I'm trying to describe it, but since I'm a knower, then it's not really goosebumpy or anything. It's it's just like that I know he's up to something new. And so I just sat down and I started typing. And I recently um, stumbled on a book that Lana Vosser, she's a prophet from... Australia that we've read a few of her words and she kind of tracks along with us. She's tracking along with us. And I guess she wrote this book last year, but I just found it and I actually started reading it um, the other day. I sent out, I think, three little snippets about it, but I'm going to read you a little portion of her book, but I actually... Um, not that it would matter, but I did write this word before I read what she wrote, but we both wrote similar things. So I just um, was very interested by that. Yeah. And um, just before I read it, I think that I think that what what God is he's what he's interested in right now is um, well let me read it and we'll talk some more about it. <laughs> it says come up higher. And then he asked this question, what does it look like for you personally to come up higher? You know, I think there are people in the room that hang on my every word and it's and they're changed by it and there are people in the, in the room that give me a good amen and maybe they don't sleep but they don't go out and um dissect it you know i liked what bill said today um it's one of my definitions for tonight he said this he said it the word beliefs is what my definition is for tonight it's something that alters our behavior Wow, I love that. So we're actually all acting in our belief structure. And he said this, he said, with beliefs, there's always a measurable behavior change that illustrates what we believe. Without behavior changes, it's only a philosophy. So... You know, I don't know if you know this, but I am trying to change your I don't know what that was. I am I am. I'm trying to change your beliefs to be kingdom beliefs and see what the tension is is that you have other beliefs that came from other sources and you ingest belief systems from other people. Let me give you a good example. So 
God is about to set the gender issue right. You're not going to know what I'm going to say or you wouldn't clap. And so, see, the counterfeit to what God is going to do with gender is the crisis right now where men and women don't know what they are. But see, God's got the non-counterfeit version, and that's why God begins to roll out something then the enemy always counterfeits it. Am I cutting out a lot? This one's not really that much better. But I know that Lou don't want me to say any of this tonight. So, And so what happens is, is that there's a lot more going on in the spirit that has to do with God setting the gender situation right. So let me give you an example. So Chrissy's been listening to this guy named Robin Bullock. And he, did this one cut out too? Okay. And he was saying that when God, I, I might muck it up a little bit, but just bear with me. But when God created Adam, that he didn't create and name Eve, Adam named Eve. But Adam is just mankind. And so he didn't actually if you follow the story and she can tell you more about it someday, but there really wasn't a distinction at first. And so then when ever see, they both partook of what God said not to partake of. It wasn't just Eve, but he actually named Eve after that event. Adam did. And that set in motion what now we have this hierarchy between men and women. And I am telling you as a prophetic word that there is not a distinction in the kingdom between men and women. And God's going to set that right in this next season. And that's why that there's a counterfeit to that that's going on right now. If you were, if you would wake up spiritually, you would see how the enemy always counterfeits it because God's about to do something really big. And the other thing that he was saying was that there's been this plan in place for multiple generations to basically infiltrate America with uh, the belief system that's going on, which means that all these crazy things that are coming out right now, I don't have time right now to go through them all, but all this crazy stuff is going on, all this legislation that's going on. And, and he basically said that it's the same way that Russia indoctrinated their people over a huge, long generation of time, Soviet Union. And so, but he said that, long story, long story short, bottom line is there's only two ways to break it. It's something that's been going on for hundreds of years, okay? And... And he said, the only two ways to break it are one is a civil war or two, another country invades and takes over. And he was saying that there's not going to be a civil war. And so the country that's going to take over is God's kingdom. And that is what's going on right now in America and so all the counterfeit that is trying, the reason why it's making such a big stink is because it's about to come down. And see, when it comes down, you've got to be found in your place. So you don't understand, we're not, I'm not training y'all to stay in this little room. I wish that someone would get a hold of that and say, oh my gosh, so this is never going to be repeated. Can I tell you, when I was in the house, that's never going to be repeated. Those 17 people that I mentored for all those years, take it or leave it. Some of them are still here. Some of them left. It's never going to be repeated. This little room is never going to be repeated. There are kids in this room that are going to take the mantle that we pass down to them, and they're going to transform society at a rate. But guess what? It's your day right now. And so... What does it look like for you personally to come up higher? That's really the question that you're going to have to answer in this season. He said, are you willing to have a divine reset in the areas that you've been stuck in? A divine reset is this, where Papa, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit come 
and become intimately involved in bringing you out of a low stagnant place and they supernaturally catapult you into newness. It's time to turn our attention on the reformation of society and to take our personal reformation and make an impact for the kingdom. When we learn to give away what we've gained in every area, we will experience the more. It's in the giving of our personal pursuit for more and for ourselves and the godly pursuit of more of God in our lives, in all lives. That will be the designated marker for you to lean toward. So what, what he's saying to us there is that, that if you give up your personal pursuit, you know, if you just listen to Bill, I mean, I've been listening to you now for a long time, 20 years or more. He will challenge you to be a servant. And did you hear what he said today about that? I think he wrote that down too. Let me find it. He said that God is always looking for the cooperation and participation of humanity. He never wanted robots. So you're going to have to get out of this, give me a list and I'll just do it mentality. That's what he was saying. That's not, that's not his heart. And he said, we're not performers, but we move redemptively toward broken circumstances. We look for broken people in broken situations to move on behalf of the brokenness. So that means that I, if I can't give it away, if I don't have it, so if I just want to remain on the sidelines and be broken, I, I promise you that there should be nobody in this room that still acts like they're pre-rejected, still acts like they're bothered that I'm a woman, still acts like that they don't understand what our belief system is, that doesn't understand where they have a place. There literally should, it, it shouldn't exist. Back to the word. God is a demonstrator of power and authority. Just like he demonstrated to the children of Israel on the trek to the promised land. So see, here's the picture that you have to remember is that God brought slaves out and called them his own. That's what he did. He said, you're mine. It wasn't the Egyptians. And when it, they came out, he's, he can't be less godlike. So this is what he said. This meeting place between this holy deity and mankind is going to occur now. In this season, in this generation. This is not a future word. This is a now word. The power and magnificence of Yahweh, the great I am, the Alpha and Omega, is going to be demonstrated and will take center stage in this season. Don't be caught sitting on the sideline watching a display like a spectator. It's time. The call is going out to be a demonstrator yourself of God's power. He's going to do a demo for us to see and for us to respond and do in like kind. When he told me that, I was like, okay, I like a demo. It kind of reminded me of whenever you go to Sam's and they've got the food out there, right? And so he said to me that day, he said, I'm going to dem start demonstrating my power to you. And so let me tell you the things that have happened since Monday. So we decided to have Haley clean our bedrooms me, Pam and Lenny and we we're going to pay her we really didn't feel like we wanted to pay her except for God said pay her the very next day someone she gave our name to at Keller Williams called and they've got a 4,000 square foot house they want us to remodel I promise it's going to cover the <laughs> cleaning it was a demonstration of his power. So she comes to our house to clean. Well, we have this little mop that's a steam mop. 
Well, when Moo cleaned our bedroom, she lost the cat. She probably don't even know it. Look at her. She's like, look, she's dumbfounded. She said, try to not let it trigger you in any way. So she lost the cap. So we haven't had the cap since then. And Lynn and I have looked for the cap. This has probably been six months. No cap. We can still use it. I was thinking about getting duct tape. You know, I started to go that old red net way, but I didn't. So that morning, Lynn and I were like, oh, I wish we had the cap for this. You know, we wanted all to be, you know, we had to clean the room before she came to clean. And um, <laughs> that's what you do. And come on, right, Colleen? Come on. So, so we looked and looked. We still couldn't find the cap. So when Lynn got home, Haley was still in the bathroom and she was mopping the floor and she noticed that the steamer had the cap on it. And she said, where did you find that cap? She said, it was just laying in the center of the bathroom floor. It's a demonstration of his power. I can assure you our floor is not real crowded, so, and it's a white floor and a black cap. We probably would have seen it in six months. Laying in the middle of the floor, it's a demonstration of his power. So you thought he was going to come and scare you half to death. No, he's going to demonstrate his power to you so you become acquainted with his ways. Are you looking? Another thing that happened is we have these two jobs that we've been contracted to do for a while. And so Pam found this guy that was going to make these certain configurations of cabinets that we needed and so they one of them was due today or tomorrow and one of them we were going to start Monday and the guy called yesterday and basically texted and said I'm not going to do either job and he said he's going to send us our money back you know we'll see but that was a demonstration of his power why because now Pam has to search out a matter that she wouldn't have done I don't think you're understanding his ways because, see, he saved us from something we don't know. Is it inconvenient? That leads me to Lana's word. Her word that I'm going to read tonight is about endurance. She was saying that God said to her that he was going to give her a gift. And she was excited because she just knew it was going to be breakthrough. Let's just go ahead and read it, shall we? But it wasn't breakthrough. It was endurance. And so she had to look up the word endurance. And the word endurance meant the ability to withstand hardship or adversity, especially the ability to sustain a prolonged stressful effort or activity. The act or instance of enduring or suffering. This was the gift. God, did you hear what Bill said today? That God's, remember he said that, that, he asked an angel to give Mary the message because God has more delight in what he made standing up and being in their position than he does just doing it himself. So an angel's position is a messenger. What is humanity's position? When he says, come up higher, what is humanity's position? Humanity's position is a co-laborer with God. There's no other gods doing this gig. The God of the world, he's not doing that gig. He's counterfeiting. If you could, if you could ever begin to believe me, Sticky, if you could ever begin... If you can ever begin to understand what a counterfeiter is and how strategic, they only counterfeit what's valuable and what's on the horizon to be valuable. That's it. This is what she said. I, I sent out a couple of these. I think I can't remember. She said, as you can imagine, after I read this definition, I was speechless. I had certainly endured unpleasant and difficult processes. 
Do you remember Bill today? He said, if you don't know how to deal with disappointment, you never will dream because disappointment is the killer of dreams. And religion is the killer of change. Listen, God is going to change everything. You either partner with him and be part of the change agent, like you actually are one who presents change to people and then they change, or you sit on the sideline griping that things are changing. Things are going to change. She said, I certainly at times wanted to give way and certainly felt wear and tear, but in the moment, through an encounter with him, he opened my eyes. I may have been feeling that way in some areas. I may have been through horrendous battles, but I kept getting back up. I kept getting back up. Has anybody felt like they've been through a lot of stress or battles in the last six months? Anybody? Did you keep getting back up? She said, somehow there is something in me that's getting deeper and deeper. That's what that does. <laughs> See, here's the thing. A lot of us, when we feel a little tension, it's a little bit hard. What do, what do we want to do? We want to quit. Guess what? That same place that he was trying to dig, help you dig deep, make you deeper, It'll be repeated because that's part of the process. You can't leapfrog the process. That's why if that's why if we would allow these moments that aren't of our choosing or liking to actually change our beliefs, then we would actually change our behavior. See, do you understand that's what God's doing? He's trying to change your behavior. Your behavior doesn't work for your destiny. Your, your, your current belief system, your behavior, where you are at work, where you are at home, the way you're treating your husband and wife, the way you're treating people at work, he's scraping something off because he wants you to change your behavior. Why? What's the goal? The goal is for you to actually do and walk in your destiny, not sit on the sidelines waiting for someone to give you a list to perform. She said, something in me is getting deeper and deeper, stronger and stronger that says, I ain't moving and I ain't going nowhere. I'm standing right here and I'm staring this giant in the face until I see the word of the Lord manifest in my life because he's faithful. That's what they were singing about tonight. See, he's trying to prove to you that he's faithful. So, he, so circumstances either happen or he sets them up. I don't really think that God told this guy not to do the cabinets, but I know it makes Pam stressed out. So he gave her a gift, endurance. She said, I heard the Lord say, I'm teaching my people to live by my spirit and not by their soul. To live by their soul will cause them to fail. To live by my spirit will cause them to endure. How do you know which one you're living by? Your soul can't bear fruit. That's spiritual fruit. It can bear fruit, but it's not spirit. I hooked you there. It's not y'all went all amen on me, like Bill said, because you thought that wasn't what I was going to say. She said, in that moment, I was undone. I wept before the Lord because in the midst of the battles, the hardship of the last few years, the deep pain, grief, and torment, I was being awakened to a gift from the hand of the Lord himself that would last the ages through eternity and would not ever be taken from me. It was a gift of endurance. Was every day fun? No. Was it absolutely necessary? Yes. After that encounter, God continued to show me over and over again that his people need to be people of endurance and maturity. There's that word again. I don't think God's going to change his mind. I told y'all what maturity was. Do you remember? It's power. It's power. 
That's what that's what you're getting when you choose to kick your soul to the side and you engage with people that will scrape off all you porcupine pokey things or will blow up your bed to get you out of bed because you're lazy. Listen, we are underperforming, y'all. We are underperforming, I'm just telling you. We are underperforming. God of the, the God of the universe has given us everything we need for this life. And we're waiting for him to give us something for this life. It's underperformance, isn't it? And I'm not talking about the performance. You know what I'm talking about. We're underutilizing the gift of God in us. Through all they have been enduring, not only is this the season God is resetting everything, not only is this the season when God's people will occupy the land of promise and manifestation and step into greater increase than they can imagine, but the Lord was also preparing them with the endurance they need to walk in this new era and steward it well as they live close to him and yield to his ways. What a glorious, good, good father. Back to what I wrote. So God's doing a demo of his power. I think that it's time for us to look at, you know, when something happens that's unexpected. I know somebody in here that they thought they were going to get this big tax return and then there was an error and then somebody else just reached out and snapped that tax return. Well, see, they didn't really reach out and snatch this tax return. There was really something owed. <laughs> see, so really God's paying off debt. It just, You know, it might make us nervous for the moment because we had that earmarked for something else. Right? We didn't have an earmark for the debt. But he did. See, in that moment, can you rejoice or can you be like, I'm going to do something and I'm going to make them give me that back. That's wrong. That's it. How many know what I'm talking about? It's all about how we're responding. But he's trying to create endurance in you. Can you see it? This fruit of love will transform the hardest of hearts. That's what he told me. The fruit of love will transform the hardest of hearts. There is no heart too hard that the love of the Holy Spirit can't transform. That's why we have to learn to love. Love is not selfish. Love does not think of itself. You know, one of the greatest ways that I think I learned to love was I did things that were inconvenient for me, inconvenient for my schedule, inconvenient. In fact, I did it so much until I don't remember now. I, I, I don't now think of what's my schedule and is that going to be interrupted? I just think about what what is on his agenda today. And see, there's there's everybody in this room is in a different place. And so, you know, there's some people in this room that, you know, I have to tell them, hey, you know, you're being too selfless, like you need a break. And there's other people in this room that I'm like, did you think about doing something for someone but you ever this week, this month, this year? So everybody's in a different place. So see, when you hear the word, if you aren't loving and you don't know how to love well, then you're not going to be able to transform. It's not going to be able to transform a hard heart, right? But if you're, if you're, so self-sacrificing that you're coming to the end of your rope and see if if you're 
I would propose to you that though if someone hasn't told you that, that hey, you're overextending yourself, you're probably in the other category. <laughs> Y'all didn't even hear me on that. Y'all didn't hear me on that. Compare schedules. This demonstration of an all-powerful loving father will woo the ends of the earth into a relationship with the king, the bridegroom, the greatest demonstrator of love that was portrayed to humanity by another human. This powerful love will not only be an experience for us to express and live out of, but it will be a tangible commodity that others will seek us out to demonstrate and teach to them. Be ready for the greatest experience of your life. Be ready to take, be taken to the school of learning, the school of the supernatural invading earth and humanity in a way that we have only dreamed about. This season is a season of divine outpouring of demonstrated power. This is our inheritance. To walk in the power and majesty of the one we have chosen to embrace as our own. You know, starting Sunday, I'm going to begin talking about our new inheritance. We've, we rewrote re a song. Mendel's, she's excited. We wrote a song months ago called New Inheritance, and we haven't, I don't think we've sung it in church yet, have we? And, you know, let me read a little more of Lana's word because she has that in there as well. She talks about this acceleration. I love acceleration. I like to go fast. Yeah. Who likes to go fast? See, it's not even an extrovert thing. Who likes to putter along and make sure you don't wreck? Okay. There's two people. Is that the tortoise and the hare story? I feel like it might be right there. Acceleration. God wants you missing and lacking nothing. That's God's heart. Missing and lacking nothing. Did you know that that's, that's what he's doing in your life? While you're busy thinking about you and trying to get all your needs met, God was busy making sure that you were lacking nothing and missing nothing. That's what Bill said about the cross today, that it's all been satisfied. There's nothing else going to be done by the Godhead to provide. Now it's about you learning to access and utilize and let it flow through you like they sang tonight. They were just singing my whole message. It's got to have a vehicle called humanity to flow through. Did you know that? That's you. So every place that you have fear, that's a stopper of his flow. That's why he said don't yield to it because you're making decisions based on it and stops the flow of God. And you're meant to flow. And so then you become something you don't want to be, right? So God wants you missing and lacking nothing. God wants you strong in him. And fortified in him. I like these words she used. Partnering with him in this mighty wave of the spirit of God that is going to crash into the earth. Ushering in the greatest move of the spirit of God that we've ever seen. Can I tell you that I've, I've been here for 58 years. And I have never in my life seen this kind of wording used for what God is about to do. I've never seen so much going on in the political arena that is a setup to bring down the enemy. All of this is a setup to expose the blindness that the enemy is blinding people to. And God is doing so many crazy, I mean, everywhere, everywhere on the planet, God is doing miraculous things. I was, um, somebody in our house is having a birthday soon. And so, I was looking up some movies because they are movie lover. And so I had decided that we were going to see Tom and Jerry. I don't know if you've seen the preview for Tom and Jerry, but 
it reminds me of Roger Rabbit. So I was really excited about it. And so I had all these big plans to rent this movie theater and everything. Well, when I woke up this morning, God demonstrated his power again. And he showed me this movie that's out about this little girl healing dogs and animals and cats. I can't remember the name of it. What's the name of it? The Girl of Miracles. And in that moment, he said to me, this is a demo that I promised you of my power. Go see this movie. This is a demo of my power. Now, I don't know anything about it, but see, I, I, I heard that him say, I, I, and of course, Tom and Jerry, we couldn't even go see it now. And, you know, I'm not telling her when we're going to see it, but she's excited right now. I'm not even going to look at her. And so it's, see, because why? Because God wants to demonstrate his power on somebody's birthday. Because he's doing demos of power. He's trying to wake us up to how easy it is to partner with him and what's his heart for humanity. She said, one of the greatest gifts he is giving you in this era is the gift of endurance. So keep yielding to him. Keep surrendering and staying close to his heart in faith, allowing him to do what he needs to do in your heart. Allowing him... You need him to do some stuff. It's not a bad thing. How many in the last month have heard some truth about themselves that they were willing to believe at a new level and make a huge adjustment? Look around the room. Almost everybody raised their hand. See, that's what mentoring does. It's saying, hey, listen coming and something's coming big if you want to be a part of it and you want to do it you're going to have to let go of all that thing that you thought was about lack that you're just still hanging on to it is never going to happen baby it is never going to happen and God's coming in he's going to do something so you either let go of that and let him lead you or you keep hanging on forever and we'll meet you next time around that's what's happening in the earth right now. I'm just telling you with everything I have within me. In the earth right now, God is preparing a people to demonstrate his power. And that means all kinds of miracles are going to occur. Cancer ain't going to be a thing is one of them. So all those things that have scared us. How many have set a home scared to death you're going to get cancer? Please, it's time to kick that stuff in the butt and make it leave. That's not what God's about. Did you know we can conjure up with our mind sickness? If you have some sort of infirmity in your body, God wants to heal it through some way. Allowing him to do what he needs to do in you because he has been preparing you and he is preparing you to step into more than you have ever imagined or dreamed. This is your divine reset. If you didn't listen to Bill's message today, you should listen to it because he talks about dreams. He talks about how to position yourself to have a God dream and how to see it come to pass. That's what that message was about. It's about what you value. Listen, God is not an accessory. He's not a billfold in your purse. He is not your wallet. Didn't you love that analogy that he's talking about grace? is like it's the hands of the potter. And you're so yielded as pottery that the hands of the potter form it. See, we act like we're not sure if we can trust God to form us in something we like. That, surely that's not us. It's not our call. If I have any thoughts like that, that I can't trust God, this is... It, I'm just telling you, there is a line in the sand that's God saying, it's time to trust me. Whatever you need to do to fix that broken thing in you that thinks you cannot trust the God of the universe, this is your day to change it. And he says, if you don't change it, it is going to come back around. And I am just telling you, this is me as a prophetic voice in this hour. I am just telling you, if you don't change that and make that right, that is going to be a, your worst enemy. You have got to trust God. He is completely trustworthy, and you owe him. You owe him trust. Whatever you think that stuff is that broke trust, that was just the, that was just the enemy the whole time anyway.
She said, this is the time when you're going to see the greatest alignments of your life. We're going to read the alignment book next. Take place by the power of the Spirit. You and the Lord hand in hand in partnership that will leave you in awe and wonder. Somebody get a hold of this tonight. I'm telling you, you won't even recognize your life in many ways in the fulfillment and acceleration that is going to fall upon your life. This is the era when what would be taking 10 years to do in the natural, God will do in one year. Be expectant for the hand of God to move because the greatest acceleration you have ever known is upon you right now. You either receive it or you don't. She said, the Lord spoke to me that in this era of the church, is going to come into a deeper place of revelation from Isaiah 55:11. This is what Isaiah 55:11 says, "So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth; it shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please, and it will it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it." See, that's one of the things in this house that's going on is that they are prophetically proclaiming, and Christy does the same thing. Christy wars and wars and wars to just get Papa's heart for you. These are Papa's words that she has warred and warred and warred over. And she's got one, that I, I, she's going to probably read it in a couple of weeks, but that she wrote today that she warred over and she cried out to God over and he presented this whole beautiful package to her. It's crazy because, see, when God positions somebody in a season to speak for him, then it's time for us to listen to what they have to say and let it be changed because we don't know that this we're going to pass this way like this again. So these words are a now word for, for today, for changing us today, not for something we'll say, oh, well, maybe I'll do that when I feel like it in a year from now. See, in a year from now, you want to say, I took this word, I grabbed it, I ingested it, I made it part of my life, I positioned my life in more prayer, and more before my face, before God, because I wanted this word to come to pass in my life. I wasn't going to just sit back and watch and see what God would do. I'm a participant. I'm almost done, Mendel. Mendel's got an amazing, amazing dream that she's going to share with you, like 12 maybe. I don't remember. She said, this demonic assignment against the people of God through this intimidation and weariness has been an attempt to convince God's people that God isn't faithful. Where the enemy has pushed against God's people, whispering lies about the faithfulness of God and the weariness has increased, so has the battle to stand in truth in God's faithfulness. The Lord showed me an incredible battle in people's hearts over holding to the revelation of His faithfulness, and weariness in faith was lost in the faithfulness of God. I want to encourage you as I share what the Lord said. My faithfulness and power will be displayed like never before. The demonstration of God's faithfulness in your life in this new era is going to astound you. The revelation of how faithful He is and the manifestation of that faithfulness is going to heal your heart and bring strength and life to you again. If there is an area of your heart where you have deemed God not faithful, then I encourage you to repent of believing that lie and align yourself with the truth of Scripture again. And that's what I really want to pray over y'all before Mendel comes. I just feel like that, that, let's just close our eyes for a minute. I really feel like that's really important that God is saying that this is a season where you have to position yourself to receive this word and you can't have a hardened heart. You can't sit here and name all the things that God hasn't done for you or how hard it's been. So right now is just a time to say, Papa, I just repent before you right now and I just choose to look at your faithfulness in new light in the new, with new eyes today. I ask that you come and remove the scales from my eyes right now of all the places in my life that I have thought you were not faithful to me, all the places that I thought was going to be different. And I just feel like the Lord is just saying that that those things that you have found me unfaithful, that you were the judge, jury, and gave a verdict to God that was not him. 
And he said that tonight I will lift that heavy burden off of you if you will lay that at my feet and you will repent for believing that about me that was never true, that that was actually constructed by the enemy to make you believe that. And so tonight, Papa, I just break that off of everybody's life right now, that we do not want to live by that. We do not want to believe that. We just say that you are faithful, that you are kind, that you are good, and we can trust you in Jesus' name. Come on, Mendel. Wow, isn't that beyond exciting? Beyond exciting. Wow. So I've had several dreams. Um, I realized today that several dreams of just in this past week that all um, worked together to send a message that I wanted to share with you guys today. And it was so cool how it happens because, of course, it supports Tisa's word. Of course, I was completely oblivious about to all of this until this morning so that any of it went together. So it's really kind of fun. Um, I, I think Papa God must have known that I had all of this um, from this past week to share because last night I had one line of my dream to, that I remembered, just one, which is kind of unusual for me. And so this, and I just have to share it for fun. It says, this is what I remembered from my dream. A girl from the 10th floor went swimming in the rain gutter. Okay. But listen to this. The number 10 from the 10th floor represents journey and process. So here's the translation of this dream. Girl, boy, person in process went swimming in what the house captured from what was rained down. <laughs> yep, just one line. So that's just to wet your whistle and, and really that, that, I guess that one sentence sort of summarizes everything that I'm about to share, but um, so really I'm kind of working in reverse here. So the other morning, two nights ago, I woke up and had a few dreams. Just bear with me. I'm, I'm not entirely sure how to smoothly put all this together. Okay. So there two nights ago, I had um, a couple of dreams that were actually, it was one long dream that I just remembered certain snippets from. And so in the first dream, first part of the dream that I remembered, there was someone with me, a younger woman who was pointing out that I had been there, meaning here, where I'm at in my life right now, on my walk with him, that I'd been here on April 19th, a few years before she'd ever come. And she was basically recalling very emotionally that on April 19th, years ago, she was going through something really difficult. And she real now she was here with me. And she, in hindsight, was looking back and realizing that I was already here when that was happening to her. And that basically that God had paved the way for her to be where she was today. So that was the first part of the dream. Now, I know April 19th has a lot of meaning that probably comes to your mind, especially here in Oklahoma, but it's not about that, okay? Um, April 19th, I happened to have a huge saga dream that I wrote out that was really profound. So I went back and looked at this April 19th dream, and the way that I actually wrote it out just that next morning um, was kind of fun. So I actually want to share the dream with you and you can just listen to the story. Okay. And then I'll tie it back in. So I dreamt on April 19th, I, I dreamt that I lived in a world that was ruled by various gods, little G gods, depending on which part of the world you were in. They weren't even real gods, but people or systems who tried to rule like gods. There was an extreme division of class and people were ruled by fear. There were lots of rules depending on which class you were in and which subworld you were in at the time. The rules were hard to make sense of or remember because lots of things were considered offensive to that particular ruler's religious beliefs. Random everyday things were not allowed to be questioned or discussed because it might offend 
the higher classes, religious beliefs, or attributes of their little g-god. It was hard to know what you were allowed to do or not do at any given time. The lower class people lived in extreme fear and often had to hide. I had accidentally overstepped one of those lines in public and knew that the authorities would be coming for me now. <laughs> Others around me who cared for me knew it too and told me I needed to hide. I didn't know how deeply I needed to hide or for how long. I didn't know if I needed to stay hidden, even to the extent that I, don't, that I would um, not go out and find food or go to the bathroom, for example. I was shown a few hiding places but didn't know the depth of hiding required, so I felt very confused and uncertain about what was needed. Someone told me not to even stick my head out to look around. Some of the hiding places I found didn't look very deep. For example, one was just behind a blanket, another was behind a Christmas tree that was in the corner. I decided to hide behind the blanket, so I'd stepped behind the blanket and as I did, I realized that there was more behind the blanket than I knew. I walked deeper into that space and eventually discovered an entire other subworld that I hadn't known about. I entered that world and wondered what its rules were. All the while, I didn't know what level of hiding was necessary. Those questions persisted throughout most of my dream. Okay, the questions that I was constantly plagued with persisted. What are the rules? Can I do this? Can I do that? I don't know what's required of me. I don't know what to do. Questions persisted throughout. The so I made my way deeper and deeper into the world. I knew it had its own God too, and I wondered what its rules were. At some point, I was outside at night with someone else I had come to trust on some small level, and the God of that world came by. Ugh. I didn't know what to do, but based on the gods of previous worlds, I thought the best thing to do to ensure my survival was to bow down low and not look up. I thought I might survive if I bowed completely to it. The person I was with ahead of me had bowed too. I listened as the god talked and started to realize that he didn't sound scary or mad at all. In fact, he sounded somewhat happy and like he was just carrying on a conversation with someone. Eventually, I lifted my head enough to see that my friend up ahead of me had already lifted her head too, and she was the one carrying on this friendly conversation with the God. As the scene continued to develop, I opened up more and more, still unsure of where the line was on what level of familiarity was allowed. This God seemed very happy and loving, and unlike any of the others. I grew more and more excited and started to participate in spreading the word of how loving and happy he actually was. I was opening up more and more. I came to realize eventually that he was the real God with a capital G. As opposed to all those other systems and people who had made themselves a God over people, he was the real God and he was loving and happy and kind, and he wanted to interact with people. I completely forgot about those questions that had persisted before. I completely forgot about all those questions that had persisted before. I was no longer wondering how long I should stay hidden or wondering when the hammer would come down in this world. I was completely captivated by joy and excitement and freedom like I'd never felt before. All my thoughts were about going deeper in this world and about telling others that God wasn't to be feared. Without realizing it, I had found the better world, ruled by the real God. I had found the greater reality. My circumstances in the other world led me to find shelter. My need at that time led me to find safety and shelter. In seeking that shelter that I thought would be temporary and a short-term add-on to my life, I ended up finding real life. I ended up finding the real world as it was always meant to be. I ended up finding forever freedom 
filled with joy, love, and passion. Now, I, have to, I, I hope you guys realize this, that when I have these dreams, I don't know their meaning. Okay, so I don't even know the meaning when I'm writing them down. It's when I got to the end of this that I was like, oh, now I see it. Okay. So it's really cool how the Holy Spirit does this because he's, he painted this elaborate picture for a reason. And I'm realizing today when I'm looking back at these dreams, the reason why. I could say that when I look at this dream now, from April 19th, that it's my story. And it's probably all of our story. You know, there was some circumstance that happened in our life, the way we were living it before, that caused us to seek something greater, to seek what we thought was probably just shelter or a remedy or help me get out of this mess or something like that. But in doing so, we found the greater reality. We found the real capital G God, right? So there's more I could say about all of this, but and there's some additional parts that I'll share maybe another time. But you could say just for the point tonight that that dream from April 19th was a story of was a, my testimony or our testimony. Okay, it was someone's testimony. And so back to the dream from the other, two nights ago, someone with me was younger and saying, "Hey, this what happened in the April 19th dream? I realize now God was laying." Um, making a pathway for me back when I was the one having a trouble, having a, a problem, have, and experiencing something. And so it led me to think today that our personal testimonies and journeys, now I want to just th say today that the when I say testimony, please don't think about just what you've always heard about in church as your testimony, okay? It's not that cute little picture or story that people have shared from the platform. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your real story. Okay. <laughs> the reality of it all. And even the things like Tisa was sharing today, when God shows his power, he displays his power. And the story about finding the lid for the mop. I mean, these are stories where we experience his power. I'm talking about these kind of stories. Okay. On all sorts of levels. So I was writing today, though, thinking about this. Our personal testimonies and journeys are paving the way for breakthrough for someone in our future. When we experience breakthrough, healing, deliverance, etc., there's someone else out there who is simultaneously experiencing trauma, breakdown, bad fruit, etc., that is directly related to our area of breakthrough. And so, you know, we had, I, I shared the other day about the the government that Jesus um, entered the created the world with about the uh, sowing seeds, sowing and reaping, basically harvesting seeds. So I, I thought about that today. I said, if seeds are sown that reap a harvest we experience in our lives, who sowed the seeds of breakthrough for us? If, if we are in the midst of experiencing the bad harvest of seeds that we've sown, who sowed the seeds of breakthrough in that moment? Maybe it was someone else ahead of us on a similar journey. Maybe it was someone who planted the good versions of the seeds we'd been planting in our unhealthy state. You know, I heard um, Kat Kerr say the other day that when she shares revelation, like she goes and she speaks somewhere, she shares revelation, that there are angels um, in the room and as soon as she's finished they start casting out and depositing golden seeds and of revelation into people for them to have their own revelation later and so I was seeing this almost as the same picture like when we have a breakthrough in a specific area we have where we have seeds that we're throwing out for someone else to harvest of a breakthrough in that same area so the second part of my dream from just two nights ago was another, an older woman in the dream came in and said she wanted to teach something to a group of people. And she was basically to someone in the younger generation. And she basically said that she realized that that generation only knew her in her current state. They only knew her after she'd been sanctified and after she'd been transformed by him. And they only knew her that way. And she realized that if she hadn't shared with them 
how she really started out, what her this, her state of being really was at the beginning of her story, that they wouldn't understand the true transforming power of God. And so she went to share this. She went to wanted to share this um, the truth about her original condition when she started this journey with God. And there's this incredible picture in the process. I was there and I was watching this this woman teach and share her story of this handicap that she thought she had at the beginning of her life and this image I kept seeing this image in the dream of a wooden picture frame that was maybe like a 9 by 11 but if you looked closer there was a smaller frame inside that and then inside that one there was an even smaller frame until you got to a really small wooden frame about maybe two by three uh, frame that seemed to have cloth stretched over it and an image printed on it now I think the image was of the the young woman but in the dream, I just kept repeatedly seeing a finger reached in and touched the edge of that frame. And it had never been touched. It had never been seen before. It was just kept being emphasized. And so I feel like this was a prophetic picture that, like Tisa said, and lots of prophets are saying this, God is revealing something on a deep level and he's about to do stuff on a deep, 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 deep level that's never been seen before, let alone touched before. And just like this woman was telling her story, these deep things are going to need to be shared. They're going to need to be told again to the next generation. So it was interesting. So the first part of the dream, again, somebody is saying, hey, you let your seeds of breakthrough were seeds for me for breakthrough, right? Second part of the dream, someone is telling, again, something else you could call their testimony or their story about this deep work God had done in them. Well, this entire time, I knew in my dream that I was running late. I needed to be somewhere at three o'clock. But I wanted to hear what she was saying, and so I stayed. And so she finished what she was saying, and I I started running off to where I needed to be at 3 o'clock. But I was so excited about what I'd heard that it didn't matter to me that I was late. Like, I was, which is very unlike me. Normally, I would be very (laughs) worried about that. But... But I, it was so worth it, you know, like this, what I'd received from hearing this was so powerful. And so it was interesting, in the dream, I was where I was supposed to be at three o'clock was I was joining a group of brand new recruits that were into this Corps of Cadets kind of military unit, okay? And we were all supposed to report at three o'clock. So... I did a little scripture search of three o'clock in scripture. Now get this, in Acts 3, it says, One afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple for three o'clock prayer. As they came to the entrance called Gate Beautiful, they were captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth, being carried and placed at the entrance of the temple. He was often brought there to beg for money, from those going into worship. When he noticed Peter and John going to the temple, he begged them for money. Peter and John, looking straight into their eyes, into the eyes of the crippled man, said, look at us. Expecting a gift, he readily gave them his attention. Then Peter said, I don't have money, but I'll give you this. The Amplified Version says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. And then as you know, they healed the man, and he was no longer crippled, okay? This, this is the emphasis. What I do have I give to you. That's what the, story, the previous stories are about. My, my testimony, my seeds of breakthrough, I, that's what I have to give to you. My story, that's what I have to give to you. So what I do have, I give to you. Now, I just to just to bring it home and, and emphasize again what a now moment, a now word this is. You know what happens in Acts 2. This was Acts 3. Acts 2 is Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples for that very first time. And they went out and Peter spoke his first message. And this happened next. This was the very next thing that happened in the book. 
So again, we are in the midst of a great awakening, of a great outpouring, and, and God is preparing us in all the ways that Tisa's talked about and that we've covered on many other, other nights and other services for being able to be in our position so that what we have, we're ready to give. What we have, we're ready to give. Okay, so we will put, we'll put all of this in Evernote and there'll be an opportunity to, you know, to revisit it and see how it applies to you personally. But there's something, a deep work that he is doing right now. There's that finger that's going in to touch that picture frame in a way that's never been touched. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's your picture on the canvas in a deep place that's never been seen, never been talked about, never been touched. And that's the place of breakthrough that he wants to give to you, to give you a golden seed that then's going to be the breakthrough for someone else. So we don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss it. We don't, we don't want to check out. Don't check out of what he's doing right now. It's really, really, really significant. And we're on our way into the greatest days of the kingdom of God on earth. We're so honored and so honored to participate in it. So I know that was a lot today. It was a whole lot of uh, great meat for chewing on. And so I just pray, Holy Spirit, that all the seeds that were planted tonight will be well watered and protected in the heart of each person who's heard this message tonight. I just pray, Papa, that we would we would hear and receive and respond and be ready, like in Tisa's word, to deliver what this great work you're doing in us now, that we would be able to really get it, to really live it out, that we would have a belief system that's changed, that's reflected in our behavior, that is then a, a life lived of planting seeds of breakthrough for other people. And we get to just be joyful and enjoy the process with you along the way. So we say thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you're doing. We just praise you. We thank you for the, all that you're raining down right now, that you're providing for this house to capture in the gutters and the rain gutters for us all to swim in. And for those that we don't even know to swim in, each person in a journey and a process, we get to swim in the captured rain that you're pouring out into this house. And so we thank you and we say we love you and we honor your name and we will honor your name and your message to us with the way we live out our life when we leave this place tonight and we continue on in the rest of our week. So we love you, we love you, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.